0: Good morning. Today is Wednesday, March 30th, 2022. This Shabbos, we at Adath join over a hundred synagogues across the world in the seventh annual Infertility Awareness Shabbos, sponsored and promoted by an amazingly wonderful organization called Yesh Tikva. Yesh Tikva literally means there is hope. And this organization was established to end the silence concerning infertility and to create a Jewish community of support for all Jewish people facing infertility. Yesh Tikva offers free professional services, resources, tools and is also engaged in educating the wider Jewish community through initiatives like this Shabbos. And we are participating today in a virtual manner to reach more people. And the purpose is to enhance our understanding and to facilitate our empathy for those who struggle to grow and to build their families. There are 613 choices from which God could have chosen as to which is the first mitzvah to list in the Torah. And God's choice is the mitzvah peru or which we usually translate to be fruitful and multiply, the mitzvah to have children, that's the mitzvah that God chose to place in position number one at the beginning of Barashas, the beginning of the Torah. Our rabbis tell us that God will ask each of us at the end of our lives a sakta b'piri Now that's a strange wording because it means were you involved in being fruitful and multiplying? The Marsha, one of the classic commentators to the Talmud, adds the following sharp comment. Lo Kiyamta puruvu. God does not ask us, did you fulfill the mitzvah of having children? Ella, asakta, but rather, were you involved in that mitzvah? Dahainu, which means, listen as the Marsha defines what the mitzvah is to have children. Dahainu, did you arrange for the marriage of a couple when they could not afford it themselves? That's the mitzvah. Because the mitzvah Pur-vu is much wider than just physically giving birth to children. Because not everyone is able to succeed at biologically having children. So there are multiple paths to fulfill this mitzvah. One path is to marry and biologically have children. Another path is to adopt children. Another path is to teach and mentor and influence the children of others. That is also a fulfillment of the mitzvah pruravu. And another path is to facilitate and to assist in the weddings of others in need to enable them to be able to marry and have children. Now, the common denominator of all these paths is to be involved in seeing to the next generation. It is to be living a life that is not centered on myself, but centered on helping others. No one is omitted from or excluded from the mitzvah of pru or avu in its widest, most authentic se- sense. But the fact is that it still causes deep pain for the one in six couples that face infertility or repeated miscarriage. And I can tell you from my experience that that number one in six, which sounds unbelievably high, I can tell you from my experience that that number is well documented and accurately reflects even our own community. The pain is particularly acute in our traditional Jewish community where so much of Jewish life centers on children. Pesach, Passover, the Seder in particular, can be so deeply painful for couples undergoing infertility with the Seder's emphasis on children and having children ask questions and to be the highlight of the Seder and to receive gifts and to have everyone so proud of their own children, while perhaps one couple is shedding tears inside, or maybe simply alone with their pain, because they have not yet been blessed with children. Couples going through infertility experience bewildering medical issues, Often they experience overwhelming financial pressures because the cost of treatments can reach the tens of thousands of dollars very, very quickly. And there is the shattering emotional heartache from repeated false hope, repeated attempts that are not successful and from the constant feelings of loss and helplessness. Alison Bradow is a psychologist who works with those going through infertility. And she wrote, people aff- affected by infertility must adjust to a major shift in life expectations while being exposed to constant reminders of their condition through questions from family members, medical treatments, or interactions with pregnant women. And when they come to shul, they may feel isolated and self-conscious and tragically distanced from God who is not responding to their tearful prayers. Dvara Entrin is a social worker who works with couples undergoing infertility treatments. And she writes that couples experiencing infertility must find time for self-compassion. We are so hard on ourselves. We use the language of failure, she writes. Failed cycle, ovarian fail, internalizing this message of failure as if we have control over these medical issues, which we don't. Too many women and men further internalize that message with disgust or hatred toward their bodies. Self-compassion, which is what she is strongly suggesting that we practice, is internalizing the fundamental message of the Torah that every single one of us is created in the image of God, cherished by God, regardless of how our bodies work. As a community, we need to be more sensitive and more careful to properly support and not, God forbid, unintentionally cause more pain. Part of that challenge is that no two people suffer or react identically to similar situations. So any guidelines Or advice on what to say or do, or what not to say or not to do, needs a caveat that consequences and responses will vary from person to person. But in general, Dr. Talia Hinkin writes if someone is or may be experiencing infertility, it is wise. To take their lead regarding if or how much they want to share or discuss. Don't bring it up with someone unless you know that they want to discuss it with you. Make it clear that you're there to provide support without being intrusive or pushy. This is something that is, can be very subtle. It could even be counterintuitive. But it is so important. We need to think, if we have been blessed with children, we need to think before complaining about our own children or our own situation and consider how others around us might experience what I am saying about myself. For a parent to say about themselves, I I was up all night with my kids, they wouldn't let me sleep. A woman suffering from infertility, despondent over not being able to have a child, might feel that she would give anything to have her sleep disturbed by the blessing of children. To complain, I had to take all of my children to go shopping for yontov, you know how much that cost to buy shoes for every single child, it's such a burden, it's so difficult. So many women, so many parents undergoing infertility would think that that's the greatest privilege in the world. And they're unable to experience that. Now, that doesn't mean that a person should never talk about their children or their grandchildren. People dealing with infertility usually don't want to feel that they are being treated differently than everyone else. But this does mean that we should be aware of how someone else might be experiencing the words that I'm saying. Professionals who work on this field suggest a number of items of advice for us to follow. The first is do not assume anything. If there is a couple who is married and a number of years have gone by without children or there is a long gap between one child and another, do not assume you know why that is. That's a private matter. There could be many reasons for delaying children or a gap between children. If someone does reach out to you to tell you their story, be a friend. Unless you are their doctor, don't be their doctor. Unless you are their therapist, don't be a therapist. Be their friend. Be very cautious, and there are many of us that need to really take this to heart because it happens so often. Be very cautious. I'll use a stronger word. Don't offer medical advice or suggestions or advice on increasing the chances of conceiving, unless you are specifically asked or unless you have a specific professional expertise in this matter. In any group setting, like a Shabbos meal, or at Kiddush in the shul, or especially at the Pesach Seder, Ensure that everyone is made to feel emotionally included. And if there are individuals who are not married or who do not have children, make sure the conversation does not only revolve around marriage and children. Try to engage in conversations in which everyone can be an active participant. There are a number of things that people often say trying to be helpful but usually are counterproductive to say to a person everything will be okay is generally not helpful because you don't know that it's going to be okay only god knows what the plan is for this person to say to a person this is part of god's plan or this is for the best, or God only gives challenges that he knows that we can handle. Those statements, number one, are not true. They do not reflect authentic Jewish teaching, and they are generally not helpful. We should remove those types of statements from our vocabulary. What we should do is to say to a person that no matter the outcome, I am here for you in any way that you need and validate whatever feelings that person has. If that person is despondent, they can be despondent. If that person is angry, they have a right to be angry. Validate their feelings. It is not for you or anyone else to judge what feeling such a person is going through. Rather, as a friend, provide them the space to experience those feelings, to express those feelings without feeling judged. That's what a friend does. Especially for parents and grandparents of such a couple. It is not the right thing to ask your children or grandchildren when they will have their child that can be very hurtful unintentionally if it's a reminder of their own struggle do not push your children or grandchildren to share information about their fertility challenges if they're not comfortable sharing it And most of all, a call or a text message every so often just to say, hello, I'm thinking of you can go a long way in making someone realize that you care and that they're not alone. Living Jewishly should teach us the humility to recognize That in the world God created, we don't know what is meant to happen to us or why. But we are meant to help each other in what we say and do, and what we don't say and don't do as we traverse where life takes us. And the first step is to speak about it, to learn about this subject, to learn from those who are undergoing this and from those professionals who are helpful to them, to be able to recognize and empathize with the enormity of the challenge, both in breadth and in depth, that so many people around us are going through the issues, the challenges, we need to listen very, very carefully. And we also need to offer our prayers. May the prayers of every one of us be answered by God who gives life. My friends, I want to wish you a great day.